The following message by Shane Sowers is brought to you by Central Baptist Church, Aurora, Colorado. www.cbcaurora.com Okay, uh, let's, let's get to it then. <laughs> Micah chapter 3, uh, verses 5 to 12. Micah chapter 3, verses 5 to 12. When Marcus Boone first heard the gospel song, Biblical Love by J.C., He listened to it five times in a row. This is crazy, he said to himself. What amazed him was not the song, but the artist. The person singing biblical love is not a person at all. JC is an artificial intelligence that Boone and his team had created with computer algorithms. Boone said his interest in creating a Christian AI musician began when he started hearing about AI artists in the pop music genre. He said, I really started thinking this is where the world is going, and I'm pretty sure that the gospel uh, or Christian, the Christian genre, is going to be behind. Christians, he said, are too slow to adopt new styles, new technologies, and new forms of entertainment. Keyword there, entertainment. Always looking like late imitators. For him, it would be an evangelistic failure not to create Christian AI music. Boone says, if we don't want to grow with technology or we don't want to grow with this, I think we're going to miss a whole generation. So I'm not sure if you guys are getting that, but what he's saying here is that the worship songs that we're going to sing in the future are going to be worship songs that are written by computers. Artificial intelligence are going to start writing and singing and performing our worship music. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen that or heard that yet. There's songs that are out there, pop songs, popular music songs that have been written and sung and performed by AI. People don't even know this. You listen to it, you're listening to it in a restaurant, and it's not even a real artist, a real person that's actually doing it. It's computers that are actually doing it. And what this this group is saying is, hey, we don't want to be left behind. We need to get with the times. And now what they're doing is they're starting to have the AI create Christian worship music, especially this one song that he was talking about here called Biblical Love by J.C., well, you can hear that. You can hear it. Written and performed by a computer. But the algorithms that they assign to this, it tells the computer to go out to look at all the songs, find out what's all, find out what's popular with all the songs that was popular over all the years, collect all that data, put it all together, and write this song. That's what they've been doing. That's the algorithm that they're doing, to try to find the best song to elicit the kind of response you want to get from individuals. The algorithms that they're using here, though, are based on success of creating an emotional response, not on what is necessarily true. That's the point. The point is, the goal is to what is an individual going to respond to? What is going to get an individual to respond to the song? That's the success. So now we got computers helping us follow the ways of the world and pragmatism to accomplish 
all that false prophets and teachers have been doing for centuries now. Whoa, that was a left turn there, Shane. Music, especially Christian music, has always been accused of being behind the times and need to stay current with all that's happening in the world. Christian music, for as long as I can remember, has always been accused of that. And the expectation is, is that we need to be as good as the world. Why are we taking our cues from the world? Why? Why have we been doing this? We have been doing this for years, taking our cues from the world again and again, always taking our cues from the world. Christian music has always been this way. Now, worship music is going to become this way. We are going to take cues from the world using their algorithms as to how we're going to write music that congregations all over the world are going to use to glorify God. This is our future? This is what the world does. And now we're going to follow? And now we're going to have computers or AI? They're going to help us do it now? Hey, we're not following the world as good as we can Maybe we need to get computers to help us do that. So now, watch this. We go from false prophets to fake prophets. Now, they're not only wrong, they're not even real. Like I said, Christian music has always been this way, but watch this. But now... That preachers, remember I was telling you uh, that the, the statistic last year about how many preachers now actually buy their sermons? Like you can go online and you can pay like two or three bucks and you can download a sermon already done and preachers now are buying their sermons. How much longer do you think it's going to be before we got AI that's going to start writing our sermons? And then here's the other thing. Why, why just that? They got AI that's singing songs. Why can't we get AI to actually preach sermons? And here's the thing. Did you know that, have you been seeing the stuff on, on, on the internet now that AI, they're actually creating people? Like you see somebody actually doing a commercial. Hi, my name is John and I am an AI. And they just start talking and talking and they start, and they look like real people. So here's the thing. Do you guys also know that for a lot of churches in America today, they do this thing called the hologram sermons? So they have all these satellite churches that want to get, um, want to see preaching. But what it actually is, is that it's like a three-dimensional uh, uh, videotape of the actual pastor that's preaching, but they're broadcasting this to churches all over where it actually looks like a person is standing there talking. It's like this 3D, three-dimensional type thing that's actually happening. That's what we're doing. How much longer do you think it's going to be when AI will actually create a pastor for you? Create a pastor. And the good thing about it is this pastor is going to do and say Whatever you tell them to do. Whoa. I know some of you guys kind of, no, I'm just kidding. 
The beat goes on. How much more are we in store for? How much more? Things become more and more difficult for us when we continue to conform to the pattern of this world. If we continue to not be transformed by the renewing of our minds, the lies and the deception to have its effect upon us. It seems that today in the church, we are more prone to follow the social media influencers than we are our own pastors. We'd rather follow these guys. To follow the message of ideologies of shows that we watch on Netflix and the superhero movies that come out, that's, that's what's shaping our ideology today. Oh, well, sh- you know, Pastor Shane, I don't know about that. Oh, no. Here's the thing, we saw more Christians mourning and making tributes to the life of Chadwick Boseman, and Chadwick Boseman was the actor that played Black Panther, Christians, more tributes, and Christians were mourning the death of Chadwick Boseman. I mean, it's a sad, sad thing. Don't, Don't get me wrong. We mourn the death of people that die all the time. Yes, absolutely. But there was more tributes and more mourning that happened for this actor than there was for, for uh, Tim Keller dying this past week. Tim Keller died this week, guys. Some people didn't even know. Some people in the church don't even know who Tim Keller is. I, I, I remember, you guys remember when Robin Williams, di- Williams died? Okay, Robin Williams died, and of course it was a very, very sad thing. There was a member at my church who was going on and on about how for years now he has been mourning and he has been just depressed over the death of Robin Williams and, and he just, just upset and he just, I can't believe that. And when he was telling me this, it was right when R.C. Sproul died. And I was telling him, no, dude, you know what? I know how you feel. Um, I, I know how you feel. R.C. Sproul had died, and, and you know, right now, just there's a lot of mourning for me and a lot, of, a lot of the leaders at the church, so we know what you're going through. And then he looked at me, and he said, who's R.C. Sproul? That member almost died that day. Well, because I was going to pick him up and throw him out the window for telling me that. I, I, I was so upset. I couldn't believe that. I was about to throw I just... So anyway, he, his, his task after that was to listen to R.C. Sproul sermons. <laughs> but, but people didn't, but, but one, of the, one of the men who had, has done so much for the body of Christ this past week died. And, and there were certain things that were said, but for the most part, wow, nothing. And, 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 and more so, hey, I, I don't even know who that is. And we have the nerve in the church to say that we are not being influenced by the world? That we're not influenced by the culture? Hmm. And yet it remains. Judgment is real. Judgment is coming. And judgment is going to be terrible. (laughs) Take a good look at what we have done. I want us all today to be honest. Judgment is coming. Christ is coming. We don't know when that is. The day and the hour is not known. Judgment is coming. I want us to be honest with ourselves today. 
Think about it. Take a good look at what we have done. Is the world more full of God's glory because of our time here? Looking and reflecting on our lives at this point right now. Because of my life here on earth, is the world more full of God's glory? What's an, an individual is, is saying, well, hey, you know what, man, you got you to gotta enjoy life to the fullest while you're here on earth. What is worse than not having a life on earth? What's worse than that is when we waste our life here on earth. Are we wasting our life here on earth? Again, judgment is real. Judgment is coming and it's going to be terrible. It's not about making the world a better place. Was Christ glorified more and more because of our time here? When it comes to the glory of God, did we make a difference at all? We look at our lives today. Did we make a difference at all? For better? For worse? Is the world, when it comes to the glory of God, is the world a worse place than it is because you were here? Was Christ more glorified? Let's take a look at our passage today. Micah chapter 3, verses 5 to 12. Micah 3, 5 to 12. This is what the Lord says. You false prophets are leading my people astray. You promise peace for those who give you food, but you declare war on those who refuse to feed you. Now the night will close around you, cutting off all your visions. Darkness, uh, hold on. Ah, Sorry. Darkness will cover you, putting an end to your predictions. The sun will set for you prophets, and your day will come to an end. Then you seers will be put to shame, and you fortune tellers will be disgraced, and you will cover your faces because there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord. I am filled with justice and strength to boldly declare Israel's sin and rebellion." Listen to me, you leaders of Israel. You hate justice and twist all that is right. You are building Jerusalem on a foundation of murder and corruption. You rulers make decisions based on bribes. You priests teach God's laws only for a price. You prophets won't prophesy unless you are paid. Yet all of you claim to depend on the Lord. No harm can come to us, you say, for the Lord is here among us. Because of you, Mount Zion will be plowed like an open field. Jerusalem will be reduced to ruins. A thicket will grow on the heights where the temple now stands. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. and God, I just pray that it will be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The law from your mouth is so precious, more precious than gold and silver, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing we're gonna look at today is the reality and the tragedy of those who mislead God's people and all the people who support them. Finally, we will see that judgment will come for us, but we can truly be saved from this. So our thesis statement today is this, though sin and the pattern of this world causes us to be misled by the pattern of the world, it is the truth of the scriptures and the power of the Holy Spirit that will cause us to see the reality of the coming judgment and to rejoice that we can be saved, which is the good news of the gospel. Point number one, um, point number one, leading my people. I'm going to take this off really quick. Hold on one second.
My back, I'm just in so much pain. My back is just pouring down with sweat. It just, it's really hot. Um, <laughs> I wish. Um, okay, point number one, leading my people astray. Not just what, but who you are doing it to. The first stressor that's given here, when we look at this oracle, very important oracle that we got, this is the second cycle that was given uh, by Micah to the people. The first stressor in this second cycle given in the oracle is what these prophets were doing to God's people. Now remember, he makes it very clear. Let me tell you, you are prophesying falsely to my people. To my people. So, Point number one, when it comes to this passage, the audacity of a person who's wanting to lie to the people who are called by his name for profit? Let me think about that. You are going to lie to gain, to profit by lying to the people of God? The people who are called by the the name of God are the ones that you are out there wanting to to deceive. The audacity of this person. Do we think that there's not going to be judgment? Oh, there's going to be judgment for you if you do this to just any other person. But you're doing it to the people of God. How much worse do you think it's going to be for you? Do we think that there's going to be no judgment? Do we not realize that the Bible, did you, did you know that the Bible actually discourages people in the church from teaching? What? Are you serious? Well, if somebody wants to teach, we should let them. No, the Bible discourages you from doing this. The Bible tells you not to. James chapter three, verse one. James chapter three, verse one. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For, who, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. We've got to protect people from doing this. Judgment. There's going to be judgment. The people who teach, those who prophesy, those who are going to proclaim the oracles of God are going to be judged more strictly. <laughs> judged more strictly. Now, This is why I do the things that I do. You know why? Because I actually believe that one day I'm going to be judged. And it's not going to be the same way God is judging any member or or the average member here at Central Baptist Church. No, he's going to judge me more strictly. Terrified. I'm terrified when I get behind the pulpit. God is not fooling around with this. And to top it all off, how much worse will it be for those who willingly and knowingly deceive God's people? How much worse do you think it's going to be? And how much worse is it going to be for those who support the people that come into the church and lie to the people of God? What? You mean God is going to hold people who support these false teachers? God's going to hold them responsible? Uh-huh. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Second John 11. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their work. Yeah. 
So God is going to judge and bring judgment upon those who prophesy falsely, those who teach falsely, those who do all of these types of things. And God is also going to judge all those people who supported and encouraged these people. This is a serious thing. This is a serious, serious thing. I'm hoping that you're seeing this because sometimes I get the feeling, I get response from some people, not, not necessarily people from the, the church, people from this church that don't actually go here anymore, but they used to say, so like, man, Shane, you, you got to lay off these guys. So what? They made a mistake. So what? They're not, they just, just lay off of them, all this stuff. It's not that big of a deal. No, these people are going to go to hell and they're going to take you with them. Oh, you don't believe me? Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. Do you know what I get to say? Because I quoted scripture, do you know what I get to say to you today? Thus saith the Lord. This is not me. Thus saith the Lord. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner. You know what the Greek word is for partner? Koinonia. In their evil work. This is a very serious issue. When people talk about guilt by association, oh man, you can't be doing that guilt by association thing. Why not? The Lord is doing it. The Lord is doing it right here. But here's the thing. So number one, the audacity of an individual who actually is going to do this to the people of God, okay? Judgment is coming for that, also for the people that support. But point number two, because... It is, the, the, the individual is able, able to deceive the people of God because what, what, what did God say? God said, the false prophets, you are coming and you are deceiving the people of God. It means that it's actually happening. It's actually happening. Now here's the thing. If an individual comes in here and says, hey, you know what, uh, uh, Shane, I, I'm, a, I'm an elder and a, a leader in the Mormon Church of America, and I'm going to speak to the church today. And he comes to walk up here, he pushes me off the stage, because you know me, I'm trying to stop, but pushes me off. And he comes up and he starts preaching. Anybody gonna listen? Well, we're not. We're not. Anything like that. We as the church, we're not like that. When a commentator said, yeah, these people were not listening to the prophets of Baal that were coming. They weren't listening to all of those. They weren't being deceived by that because that stuff's obvious. Do you know why this is a serious thing? Point number two, it's happening. And it's happening because those people that are doing this are people that we trust in the church. See what I'm saying? Because it, it, they're able to deceive the people of God it must be because they're not coming, they're not from outside. The false prophets are inside the church. Oh, are you serious? Dr. McKay, he writes this. Listen to what he says here. Now the problem was to recognize a false prophet when you encountered one. Like he said back then, yeah, it was, and, and it is today. Family, it's, it's the same today. It is a problem. It's hard. It's hard for us to identify a false prophet when we encounter one because these men are not obviously false. These men were not obviously false. They were not Baal prophets, but claimed to speak in the name of the Lord. 
They were establishment figures and seem to have been associated with the temple. They were influential and given a great deal of respect by the rulers of the land. That's who these guys were. So you see, they're not obviously false. You know, I mean, if, if so, let me use another example. If somebody, you know, that looked a little bit animated, had, you know, a red jumpsuit on, had pointy, you know, horns, and he was carrying a pitchfork, had a Bible in his hand, got up here and started preaching, would we listen? Probably not. They're not obviously false. They look like everybody else. They talk like everybody else. They're members of the church. They're here. Here is the Lord's warning to the people of truth. This is what's coming. The false prophets are telling the people that there is peace. These influential prophets from within the community are saying that there's no judgment that's coming. They are able to do this because they claim Christ, because they quote scripture, and because, here's the big one, because they're popular. Hmm. Hmm. They've done this for years. If you look at church history, you know, it's one of the things that I, I, I just want, you know, it's, it's it, yes, I did study church history, but it's like one of my hobbies, right? I like to go back and I like to whip through this, look at stuff, you know, just see just, you know, how much we don't actually learn from history, right? And look at all of these types of things. This has been happening forever. It's been going on forever. They claim Christ. They quote scripture, and they're really popular. Do you know, one of the, the famous uh, heretics in, our, in church history is a guy by the name of Arius. Arius was wrong on one point. Did you, a lot of people don't think that. They think Arius is like this horrible heretic. All the, no, no, no. Arius was, one, was wrong on one thing. Anything. You, you give him a passage of scripture talking about the, the providence of God, the decrees of God, talk about salvation, want to talk about the gospel. Man, he got all that stuff correct. He had all that stuff right. Arius claimed Christ. Arius quoted scripture better than most of the people back then. And he was super popular. Yeah, everybody loved him. He was a really good preacher. But he believed that Christ was created. That was the one thing. Most people probably wouldn't even have known if it didn't get, if it wasn't publicized. He believed that Christ was a created being. He wasn't eternal. A heresy that if you believe, you are going to go to hell and you're going to take everybody with you. Serious. Super serious. But he claims Christ. But he quotes scripture and Man, Christians, they love him. Oh, he was really popular. And again today, many claim Christ, many quote scripture, and yes, they are popular, and we were warned about this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Matthew 7, 15. Beware of false prophets who come disguised. They're not walking in here with scales and a bifurcated tail and a pitchfork. They, they're not, they don't have wings coming out, you know, and fangs that come out. They're not that. They are disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious 
wolves. We were warned about this. Christ told us this was going to happen. Why are we surprised? And why do we act like today there's not any? Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. 2 Peter 2, 1. But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false, prof- false teachers among you coming out of you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. Arius is a good example. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. But here's the thing. This is where it gets crazy. This is where it gets real. We should understand that when they're declaring peace for a price, okay, so they're declaring peace, but but the Bible says if you feed them, if you take care of them, they will declare peace upon you. Now, this peace... This is why this is so destructive, family. This piece is not just saying, oh, well, there's rumors. Micah's over here preaching. Micah's preaching and saying, you know, that the judgment of God is going to come and an army is going to come and destroy us. The false prophets are, when they say, no, no, that's not going to happen. There's peace. There's peace in the land. We've got to understand that when they're saying, they're they're making a declaration of peace, it's not uh, saying that there's going to be an absence of war. That's part of it, but it's not signifying that. Do you know what it's actually signifying? There's peace. When, When the prophets and the preachers today are looking at all of us and saying, there's peace. No judgment. There's not going to be any judgment. There's not going to be any of that, all this kind of stuff. What we fail to realize is something way worse is happening when they say that. It's not just a lie. It's a lie, but it's not just a lie. What it's also saying is that you are in a good relationship with the living God and entitled to all the blessings and benefits that come with it. When we're saying there is no judgment coming, we're saying that you're good with God and you should receive all the blessings and all the benefits that come with it. Family, is this not the problem in our culture today? Is this not, in essence, fundamental to the false teaching that we've got today? For a price, they will tell you what you want to hear. If you want, they will give you a don't worry, be happy sermon. How about how to get it all, all that you can from God today and live like kings? That's what they were saying. All the benefits and luxury of feasting and wine, all the luxury that can be yours For you and yours, no harm will come because God is with you. Do we think that we don't hear that today? It doesn't matter whether you've repented of your sins. It doesn't matter if you have faith in Christ. It doesn't matter that if you've been a Christian and the Holy Spirit dwells with you that you're going to see the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't matter whether we see any fruits of the Spirit. It doesn't matter if there's good works coming out of you. It doesn't matter all this kind of stuff. The bottom line is God loves you. God loves you. And the more money you put in the offering plate, He'll love you even more. 
We're not hearing that today? That we're okay when we're not? That the judgment of God is coming and he's going to judge the living and the dead? And that all of us are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ? But today, instead of hearing about the realities of what the Bible warns us about, about sanctification, about honoring God through suffering, about all the things that we're supposed to do, facing ridicule, all the stuff that the Bible says, if you desire to live a godly life, you will be persecuted. All of those types of things thrown out the window. Instead, you hear things like this. God wants you to be rich. The power of I am. You're all that. Destined to reign. The secret to effortless success. The power of positive thinking. No one goes to hell because love wins. The laws of prosperity. Thoughts are things. Your best life now. The secret of your success. They are everywhere making millions of dollars off of the people of God. And we keep filling their pockets and they are all good with us. But you declare, but they'll declare war on you if you don't feed them. Yes, try standing up to one of these guys and see what happens. You know, I was, remember, I was remembering, uh, uh, you guys remember uh, when Hank Hanegraaff was still a Christian? I'm just kidding. I mean, when Hank Hanegraaff <laughs> was doing the Christianity in Christ, Hank, Hank Hanegraaff's fine. He's just in a different kind of, he's in a different state right now. But he was doing his thing, the Christianity in crisis, you know, that stuff. Remember, I, I want to say what, 90s, Steve? Was that 91, 92? 3, 4? Yeah, 93, 94. Hank Hanager comes out with Christianity in crisis. He's calling out all the false prosperity teachers. He's actually coming out with tapes where you can actually listen to him saying it, all this kind of stuff. And he was doing this, and he was doing this, and he centered in on one particular prosperity teacher, really went after him. And uh, really made him look bad and, and was actually saying that it was affecting his ministry and people were leaving his ministry. They weren't supporting him anymore. So he got, anyway, um, I remember he was doing this thing against this one particular prosperity teacher and that prosperity teacher talked about it on national television. And you know what he said? This is what he said. He said that if there was, he wishes that there was a scripture in the Bible that says that he could go kill him. That he would take out his Holy Ghost machine gun and shoot him down. He wishes there was a passage of scripture <laughs> that says that he could go kill him. You know, the, the irony of that is, is that there is passages of scripture that we could use that would justify us killing him the prosperity teacher. <laughs> you know, what are you supposed to do to false prophets when they prophesy and it doesn't come true? You're supposed to do what? Yeah. All right. But anyway, that's just a side thing. I'm not telling us to do that. We're also supposed to obey the laws of the land. But here's the thing. That's how they do. They turn. And it's just like, here's this man who's speaking for God and prophesying all this kind of stuff, but then somebody crosses him and now he desires to kill that individual. Yeah, that's exactly what Mike is talking about here. If, if you 
if they'll preach peace and they'll say love, God loves you, all that stuff, as long as you're feeding them, as long as you're supporting them, do something in opposition, oh my gosh, and they will preach destruction on you. They will come against you. This is the reality in our culture today. Family, we got to be honest with ourselves. The voice of money is so much louder than God's. In our culture, the voice of money is so much louder than God's. That's the voice our culture listens to. And when we take our cues from the world, that's what the church starts to do. We start to listen to the voice of money. That's why false teachers in our nation are striving and thriving today. That's why they're just not going away. And the voices that speak truth, the voices that are out here speaking and doing what they can, doing what they can, they're the ones getting ridiculed. They're the ones trying to be silenced. Remember Micah, they were trying to silence Micah. Remember Micah chapter 2 verse 6, Micah chapter 2 verse 6, they were saying to him, don't say such things, the people respond. Don't prophesy like that. Such disasters will never come our way. They're trying to stop the voices that are actually preaching the truth. And why not? We were warned about this. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. 2 Timothy 4, 3. For a time is coming where people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. People are not going to want to hear that. People are not going to want to hear that. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear. This is not me. This is the word of God. He told us this was going to happen. And so we act surprised when it's actually happening today. It's actually happening today. They all proclaim that they depend on God, but in reality, God is just a fifth wheel on their wagon. But Shane, this does not affect me. Some people might say that. You know what, Shane? This doesn't affect me. This has nothing to do with me. Do you see that the Lord is continuing the cannibalistic concept, the cannibalistic color when he's talking about the feeding part? Those who feed them, those who do not feed them. More literally, it's to bite. So the picture that the Lord is giving us here when it comes to this oracle is that these false prophets are not just deceiving people for a price. They're destroying people for a price. They are eating them. They are devouring them. They will destroy people in this world. They will devour them and they are everywhere. The question we've got to ask ourselves is this, are we supporting them? Are we encouraging them? Because if we're supporting them and we're encouraging them, then you are a partner in their destruction and their devouring of people in this world. Are we helping them by buying their stuff? Are we helping them by listening to their stuff? Are we helping them by not letting other people know what they're doing? We're just going to sit by and just watch? I have family members. I got people that, that I'm close to that hate me because, I've, because I said something. But they're killing people. They're deceiving people. They're starving them spiritually because they're not giving them the word of God. 
Number two, they're abusing them because they're not giving them the word of God. And number three, they could be jeopardizing their spirits eternally because they're not giving them the word of God. Now, let me ask you a question. If you found out that there was a child in the house, two houses down from you, that is dying of starvation because their parents aren't feeding them, would you just go, oh, well, that's a shame. Oh, that's a shame. Well, hopefully somebody does something about it. But, uh, yeah, I wish I could do something about it, but, you know, the, the Nuggets are in the, the playoffs, and I don't want to miss that game. Or there's something on Netflix I want to watch. I'll deal with it later. Nah, maybe not. Is that what we do when it comes to this? This is actually happening where Christ is coming to judge the living and the dead. And when judgment comes for those that don't believe, it is going to be terrible. People all over the world don't believe. People all over the world, they don't know. And there are also Christians in this world that are being starved to death, that are being deceived, and are going to probably end up in hell because of this because of the false teaching that's going on. And we just, oh, no big deal. Oh, we don't care. Shane, you're just overreacting. You just don't know. The Bible is telling us here that false prophets come and they don't just deceive. They destroy. They destroy people's lives. And we buy their stuff because we just like the way they preach or we think it's funny. They're dragging people to hell and give, bringing people to judgment, and they're doing it with them. And are we just going to stand by and let it happen? We can't fall into apathy today. I know that's, what, that's what's happening to the church right now. Churches everywhere in our country are falling into apathy, where people are just not passionate about God and just don't care anymore. Just, oh, big deal, no big deal, this, this, this. And, and we just lost the energy to do anything for God anymore. We don't even tell people about Jesus anymore. We just are stopping doing that. We're falling into that. We can't fall into that trap. I know, family. I know. I can say this with you, okay? I understand what it's like to stand up for the truth, I've been one of those preachers that have been trying to preach the truth for all these years, and family, it's not fun. No, it's not fun. It's not fun to stand up for the truth. It brings a ton of problems, and it brings constant ridicule. Your life will be threatened. You will be humiliated. People are going to judge you like they've never judged anybody before. Do you realize that they demean you? People cuss you out. I was showing my daughter just a, a comment of one of my, the TikTok videos that I was doing and somebody made a comment and absolutely cussed me out. And, you know, Sean's like, do they, do they talk to you like that? All the time. It's not fun. It doesn't. It doesn't feel good. I, I want to go and look at the comments after I post the video and see. Hey, Pastor Shane, great job. Hey, Pastor Shane, that was awesome. Oh, I was so encouraged by that. Oh, I was this, this, uh. Yes, you're going to be ridiculed. You're going to, they're going to, they're, oh my gosh, they're going to say some horrible, horrible things about you and your family. 
Christians will also abandon you. Christians will ignore you. Christians will betray you. They will leave you. They will forsake you. Yes, I know it's not going to be fun. I know it's not going to be fun. I do. I'm asking us here to be bold. I'm asking us here today to not be apathetic, to do what we can to warn people and let people know that the judgment of Christ is coming to let Christians know that there's a lot of false stuff that's out there and it's not true, to get them to believe what's true, to get them to see the light and for us to all be in the light as he is in the light, to shout the gospel from the rooftops, to let people know why. Because when Christ does actually come, we're going to stand before him And when he asks us why we didn't say anything, what are we going to say? What are you going to say? What am I going to say? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you say this? Why didn't you protect yourself? Why didn't you protect that person? Why did you let them go on doing that? Why did you let them do this? Why did you let them do that? Are we supposed, aren't we supposed to? Aren't we supposed to let people know? Aren't we supposed to encourage our brothers? Aren't we supposed to be protecting our brothers and sisters in Christ? I wonder what we're going to say. I love it when it says in Jeremiah, what will you do when the end comes? When judgment actually comes, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? Here's what's infinitely worse than that. This is what terrifies me the most. It's not what I'm going to say. It's what he's going to say. And will he say, depart from me. I never knew you. Judgment is real. Judgment is coming. And man, it's going to be terrible. Weeping and gnashing of teeth for eternity. For eternity. Just think right now. Do you know anybody that doesn't believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? I think we all know people that don't. Are are we going to say something? Are you going to let them know that the living God is warning us about the judgment that's coming? Are we going to let them know that there actually is salvation for them? So it's not even a matter of, today as Christians, it's not even a matter of letting somebody know that judgment is coming. How horrible and how mean is it of us to let them, to, to let, number one, not let them know that judgment is coming, but to not let them know that there's a way to be saved from it? I mean, think about that. How horrible would it be for a doctor to let you know, or to not let you know that you have a terminal disease? 
I mean, that would be horrible, right? Doctor, yeah, he's got a horrible disease, but you know what? I don't want to tell him that he has that. He's talking to the nurse. The nurse is like, are you going to tell him? Ah, well, I was going to tell him, but I, I don't think that telling him that he has a terminal disease, I don't think that that's good for his self-esteem. I don't think that that's good for our practice because, you know, you start telling people that kind of stuff, then they don't want to come back and, you know, that's going to affect our business. People are going to not want to come to the doctor anymore. Maybe we shouldn't tell them that. But how much worse would it be if the doctor didn't tell you that you had a terminal disease, but the whole time there was a cure for it? Essentially, that's what we're doing when we don't say anything to anybody. We don't let them know that judgment is coming, but we're also not letting them know that there's a cure for it. There, there's a way. Salvation is here. Judgment is real. Judgment is coming, and it's going to be terrible. Something just this way comes. And there's salvation for us. The judgment is coming. Oh, you don't believe me? 2 Timothy chapter 4 1. 2 Timothy chapter 4 1. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. The Bible's telling us that Christ is coming to judge. This is not a game. Church here, family, it's not a club. It's not a social club. It's not a game. It's the real thing. We have no idea when he's coming. Is there oil in your lamps today? Shane, can we be safe from this? Absolutely, you can be. Judgment is coming. Judgment is real. Judgment is going to be terrible, but you can be safe from this. Why? Because Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He came to this world to seek and to save that which was lost. There's salvation for us today. There's life and life more abundant for us today. And the promises continue that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's salvation for us today. There's life and life more abundant for us today. Today we have a warning that judgment is coming, yes, but there is also a declaration that our Lord has come to save us. So we have hope in Christ. We have life in Christ. Christ is coming to judge, but Christ also came so that we would not be condemned. There is life and life more abundant in Christ, but that life is in Christ and in Christ alone. To God be the glory. Let's pray. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. For more information about Central Baptist Church, go to www.cbcaurora.com.